Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. are here. Welcome back to the show. I'm your host, Ethan Palmer. Joining me is Peter O'Donoghue taking a big sip of beer. I was going to cover it, for him, but you had to call him out. Right? I did want to call him out. <laughs> it's Peter O'Donoghue here. I spent nine hours writing a script because I thought it was my turn. <laughs> and James Miller, top 100 US East barbarians. Dab, 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 dab. Uh, dab, dab. Ethan Palmer, I'm a bottom, not a top, so... Uh, <laughs> bottom 100 top nothing uh welcome, would welcome. Get confused if they had a ranking of top bottoms uh well i mean just as confused uh as the list of bottom tops right um like the, wor- the worst tops and yeah. best bottoms would just be that 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 entire ranking is a mess i'd I, rather be a best bottom than a worst top right i i know i have the best bottom yeah it's a juicy peach um <laughs> I got, I got two left feet when it comes to sex. I'm just a terrible top. <laughs> I'm all thumbs, damn it. Um, <laughs> some people might say that's a good thing. <laughs> Depends where you're putting them. Uh, yeah, exactly. Uh, welcome Not to the legs, as we've ex- as we've understood with wrestling. Welcome to the show, everybody. Uh, stay tuned for after the show to figure out what Peter's talking about. Larynx is for. Um, yep. We're we're not a sex advice podcast, despite uh, popular opinion, because uh, we give terrible sex advice. Now we're a, we're a comedy podcast that talks about uh, fictional lore. As Peter always says to us before we start recording, fake history is the best history. I uh, do say that to them all the time. All the time. Uh, we're talking about Warhammer Forty K today, or uh, Forty Thousand, if you prefer. Uh, we've talked about it before. Um, do you guys remember what we've talked about in the past? Any any. Okay, don't all jump down my throat at once. Horus Heresy. We've done the Horus Heresy, yeah, which is about uh, the ascension of the emperor, the god emperor of mankind, uh, and his some of his most trusted followers. And we've done two other uh, topics in the Warhammer 40k canon. We did the Necron, mm-hmm. who are like who uh, are the spooky skeletons. Yeah, they were people enslaved to uh, a toxic sun, which gave them all. Uh, cancer continuously and and they were yeah. a plagued people who were just constantly dying off young uh, until some space vampires showed up and said we can make you better and stronger and they traded their their mortality and their souls for uh, immortality and uh, cool uh, coffin spaceships and we've done we've done one other uh, topic do you guys remember I feel like I always forget this one it was the, it's the most recent one so it's it's kind of funny what did I what did I draw because the did first the first two, I think we did uh, we did them both in season one, so like a long and time ago. The uh, Horus Heresy was two and a half years ago. Horus yeah. Heresy was season two because I was in Poland during that time. I remember okay. listening to it because you had uh, a guest on, and I remember being in a bar in Poland and feeling like I was with my friends. Oh, <laughs> that's cute. Uh, 
yeah. So we we've yeah. also done the Eldar, who are one oh of the yes, of course, oldest it's, sapient yes. races in the Milky Way galaxy. I remember what I, I'm trying to remember what I drew, but it's just because I drew that demon and then the guy smashing a turkey dinner with a hammer. That's what it was. Because you asked me what you drew, and I was like, I don't remember what you drew. Uh, yeah, but why we, the fuck did you forget that episode? We talked about uh, the Avatar of Corn and Corn, the god of yeah. uh, warfare, and how their gods were kind of just like regular El- Eldari who who lived among them for a while, and they they drew like they built up a partition between the two. Um, so if anybody, if that sounds like anything interesting to you, and if you get to the end of this episode and you're like, Hey, this sounds like a pretty cool canon, a pretty cool universe to explore. Uh, we do have some other episodes. We'll do our best to link them in the description of whatever podcast app you're using. So, uh, keep an eye out there. If you can't find them there, www.theloreboys.com and, uh, you'll find all our episodes. Better yet, if you don't like Warhammer 40k after this episode, we have 130 episodes about other shit that you can listen to as well. Non Warhammer 40k stuff for yeah, sure. Exactly. <laughs> the best, you could, we could be your favorite non Warhammer related content on the internet if you'd like. <laughs> we we could be your favorite uh, Warhammer related content if you'd like, or your favorite non Warhammer related content if you'd like. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Flexible, maybe. All I can say is we'd like you to like us. Yeah, very uh, very much. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah. So uh, let's get right into it. I have a quote for you guys here from the Inquisitor Bronislaw Shavak at the Conclave of Har. He sounds. Let's like, hear that uh, quote. Uh, an Empire of Man kind of dude, is he? Yep, Imperium of Man uh, yeah. is is all the human race throughout the Milky Way galaxy in the year forty uh, k plus. Uh, so he said. There is a cancer eating at the Imperium. With each decade, it advances deeper, leaving drained, dead worlds in its wake. This horror, this abomination, has thought and purpose which functions on an unimaginable galactic scale, and all we can do is try to stop the swarms of bioengineered monsters it unleashes upon us by instinct. We have given the horror a name to salve our fears. We call it the Tyranid Race, but if it is aware of us at all, it must know us as only prey. What are the Tyranids again? So uh, that's basically the focus of this episode. We're going to get into what the Tyranid are, uh, how they operate, why they operate. Uh, but they're like they're they're mostly like Zerg. They're the most Zerg-like to compare to Starcraft, uh, which is, I know something relatable to you. I guess for listeners at home, they're like bio machines. So uh, if they have like an artillery cannon, it's like a living creature which spits like acid spores like crazy long distances and if they have a tank it's like something that like walks on all fours with giant scythes for arms and just like runs through stuff they're like the arachnids from starship troopers which we've also that we've also covered yeah a lot like a lot like that they're they're the they're the unstoppable force uh rather than the immovable object if you were i thought before you mentioned tyranids um uh, that we were doing orcs because i know they have some strange origin in 40k I mean, orcs, yeah, in both, um, in both of them, orcs are... In Age of Sigmar, I play as the orcs. Um, they're de- de- easily one of my my favorite races. In uh, When I played Warhammer 40k, though, I did play Tyranid. Um, okay. And yeah, I don't know what made me choose this today. Uh, I was bouncing between a couple things. I almost did another uh, Magic the Gathering topic, uh, Elspeth, which I kind of teased uh, on my last episode. Um, yeah, but I, I I was researching both, and I was like, oh no, let's um, I I was just I was more I was more feeling this, so um, they they hold the hive exactly. They were more they were the eight. first the first Warhammer sets that I ever bought, so uh, the hive mind called out to me, and um, definitely uh, got me with that visceral horror, you know. 
<laughs> yep. <laughs> Cash me outside with that horrible abomination. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so they're they're um just absorb races. Do you think this is okay to show up and eat everybody? <laughs> uh, yeah, so that's 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 I mean a very good synopsis, a very good TLDR of what they do. Uh, but I'll, I'll give you guys the long form for it now. So uh, okay. as as we established, they're a playable race in Warhammer 40k uh, of bio- biological weapons suited, evolved, and adapted to solve any problem. But they're always seeking uh, to serve one purpose: to devour, as Pete says. Tyranids can consist- there- go ahead. I was going to say, is there a math homework, Tyranid, that solves <laughs> any problem? problem? Any, any problem. problem. You, yeah. got, you got a guy with 42 watermelons, and you got a train moving at 30 kilometers an hour west? They, they got a Tyranid for that, okay? You got a figurine <laughs> for that, and it's $80. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's, a, it's 42 cents worth of plastic, and it costs you $120. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> human plus acid spit equals human minus a face. Yeah, yeah. there you go. There you go. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Uh, so Tyranids consume all organic and biological material they come across, and they use that material to create more of their own kind. So that they okay. they fully reproduce by having uh, one like egg laying thing that decides what the hive the hive swarm needs at any given time, and just gathers a bunch of like goop, like uh, you know people soup or uh, plant, plant soup, and uh, shapes it into a, a gene stealer or a or a hive tyrant or a carnifex or whatever they may need so the tyranids do not build their starships and weapons from metal and plastic like the other intelligent races of the milky way galaxy you guys will remember uh this all takes all of warhammer 40k takes place in the milky way galaxy yeah there's there's no imperium the imperium man the uh eldar nobody has ever figured out how to travel the void between the galaxies it's just too great uh, Are you saying that in 40,000 years, Mass Effect Andromeda is still a shitty game? <laughs> yeah, uh, in 38,000 years, but yeah. Uh, 38,000 years. <laughs> uh, I mean, a lot of this actually takes place in the 42nd millennium, so uh, you're not wrong. Uh, oh, okay. The year 40,000 is, I guess, where the first canonical uh, stories from Warhammer 40k uh, happened. Um, the Horus Heresy was in the year 30,000. Uh, oh, okay. Like 38 to 33, I think, was uh, when the Horus Heresies happened. But uh, all the in-game conflicts and everything happen between 40,000 plus, And a lot of these, like I say, is like 41, 7, 45 or something like that. Uh, so they use gene splicing and bioengineering to grow um, their, even their starships from the organic biomatter harvested from the planets they consume. So absolutely everything these guys do uh, is, is biomatter, biomass. Nothing, nothing metal, no plastics, which I mean like, hey, that's, uh, you know, plastics are, plastics are horrible. They take way too long to... Uh, biodegrade so do 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 they have like tyranid hippies who are concerned with like discarded bone island in the middle of the ocean they i i assume they all are i think they're the natural evolution of greenpeace right I oh think I, I think i think this is what greenpeace is <laughs> one day the hippies yeah. seek to liquefy and turn into giant flying <laughs> i mean we all seek to right yeah, that's, that's why nobody likes the Green New Deal. Is Ocasio Cortez was just like, "Yeah, do all this stuff." Like, cool. Yeah, this is all great. Turn into beetle monsters, and everybody's just like, "Wait a second. Wait a second. <laughs> How would Greenpeace even be compared? Like, I guess they don't believe in plastic condoms, so they're re- reproducing faster. So there's <laughs> yeah. more of them. I don't know. Yeah. yeah, we got a real problem with if you get hippies in your basement, you gotta, you gotta, you you, you gotta like do the whole house. You gotta tent it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you can't just throw out the mattress. You really gotta, you gotta, you gotta bring the whole place down. You know. Yeah, because hippie <laughs> eggs can can survive without food for for months. So not just starships, 
Every weapon, gland, and projectile used in their armies is a bioengineered tyrannid organism in its own right, from the spores polluting the atmosphere to the grotesque spires that burst from the tortured ground during an invasion. Tyranid warrior organisms are creatures of visceral horror, implacable monsters with razor-sharp claws which can tear a man apart in the blink of an eye, and grotesque biocannons that fire hungry, parasitic projectiles into their prey's flesh. So even oh. their ammunition is alive. Everything, everything is alive. So it just you, they shoot like a little, a little mouth at you. They shoot a pair of dentures at you, and it just starts chewing away. <laughs> <laughs> they have chomp, so many chomp, lines chomp. of teeth. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you ever seen Dude. a sandwich that could take a bite out of you? Uh, <laughs> I hate that imagery though of like getting hit by like larvae and then it growing under your skin or something like that. That's awful. Uh, they're they're gross. They're the they're the gross gross things in in Warhammer. Um, I don't know what it was as a, as a child that so attracted me to like the Tyranids or the Zerg or you know all these like all devouring monsters that that spawned like horrible fleshy apparatuses. Um, Little boys love bugs. Yeah, maybe maybe that was it. Uh, and and all-consuming power. And me, as a grown man now, power scares me, and bugs scare me. So, uh, how the tables have turned? Puberty fucks you up. How? Yeah, puberty really did fuck me up. Uh, <laughs> power scares you. <laughs> <laughs> like the Both. government, probably. <laughs> yeah, know. the government scares me. If I have too much responsibility, yeah. I, I clam up. Also, electrical currents. How do they work? I don't know. Um, yeah. Okay, that's fair. They're in my walls, man. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so every weapon and projectile used by the hive fleets is a living organism or biomorph grown from the reconstituted biomatter of previous invasions the tyranids have no form of mechanical technology like i've said and instead harness an advanced form of biotechnology to create or organic equivalents uh of the tools weapon weaponry and ammunition used by other intelligent species if they got a hammer now, that hammer is made out of flesh you know, they, they got to hire the hammer in that case. Is that a thing? <laughs> yeah, they they got a really strong union. So yeah, everyone's yeah. getting. Yeah. Uh, the hammer has yeah, like exactly. A, the hammer is like a gaping maw on the end of it. So when you hit someone that's also biting them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I was gonna ask, like, if are there any one of the tyrannids that just like spit acid? Is it just regular acid, or is it like a bunch of tiny caustic monsters? Uh, I'm gonna say Laura Boy's Cannon. It's tiny caustic monsters, like not even caustic monsters, but tiny little monsters that just eat. Like you know how okay. like acid eats at things. Like it's actually yeah. little mouths that eat at you. Oh, okay. Like so a flesh-eating disease use... that they launch at you. Okay, yeah. Uh, so they don't eat, they don't use like metaphor or they they're completely literal in every way. Like they spit acid and it eats away at metal is because it's actually eating and digesting it. Yeah, that's the Laura Boy's Cannon. Something's okay. really satisfying that flesh-eating disease. Whenever you put it as an acronym, is fed. <laughs> I really like that. Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay, yeah. Jamie likes flesh-eating diseases. You heard it here. Jamie <laughs> working for big disease over here, just like it. Isn't it interesting what the, 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 the Ebola marketing has done? <laughs> or I guess be like leprosy. I don't know. I don't know too many flesh-eating diseases in real life. Um, Me neither. Never never met one. They seem nice. I don't want to judge. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Yeah. Uh, don't, don't you both sides be, Peter. Uh <laughs> I'm just saying, some of those flesh-eating diseases are good people, okay? <laughs> uh, so uh, it's it's by this by this adaptive uh, nature that the high fleet can can uh, evolve to generate a force capable of overwhelming almost any opposition, unleashing vast throngs of ferocious alien monsters that can fly, run, burrow, and stalk through the defenses of any foe. 
a lot of the miniatures have rules for like burrowing and stuff, which is basically like you pull them off the table uh, and then you can just like place them on the table a few turns later. Or some of them have like uh, when you first place them. So how Warhammer works is usually you, you take turns kind of like positioning all the units in your army. And you have kind of like a, there's like a center line that you can't go past. But then like right. a, a burrow unit will like uh, enter play on like the second turn, but it can enter like behind their forces or something like that. Yeah. The, cool. the models, the miniatures. Or if they just went like underground and then you allow your enemy to advance and then you just come up right underneath just them. Or pop something. right up underneath them. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's cool. Really- that definitely got carried around from a bu- into a bunch of different miniature games because I have some of the BattleTech figurines uh, for for Dark Age that I found like at a hobby store. Yeah, uh, and some of my units have like one of their one of their movement abilities is Infiltrator, where you can place them on the opposite side of the table nice. and get like flanking damage as well. Which yeah. it would be like that version of Burrow is to yeah. Starcraft to just like yeah. have guys on the other side already. Yeah, yeah Starcraft does exactly that too. Burrow that you can research and then do it and we've we've discussed it before but starcraft is a ripoff of warhammer yeah Uh, yeah come at me come at me uh blizzard uh what's what's your what what are you gonna do give your ceo another bonus come on Uh, (laughs) (laughs) oh no a canadian boy doesn't like our video game sir Uh, better give myself a raise to feel better (laughs) (laughs) dude they don't care about their legacy titles i played diablo 2 this weekend and the servers were down for like four hours and it was it was a a ladder reset too you'd think they'd pay attention they do so they do care about uh their legacy titles and the fact that they'll actively pursue um like people just running diablo 2 on their own servers and we'll get them to shut them down but (laughs) yeah uh, so, uh, as, I, as I said before, Warhammer 40k does canonically take place in the Milky Way galaxy, uh, the large uh, expanse between galaxies being not practically traversable for most races or technologies. Uh, the Tyranid are an exception to this rule. Uh, they, are, they are an extra-galactic species. Oh. Nobody knows where the Tyranid are from, but uh, most people assume they were born somewhere beyond the void that separates the galaxies of the local group. The Tyranid Swarm travels in what's known as hive fleets, uh, massive swarms of the creatures traveling through the great vacuum in organisms known as hive ships. Um, so you have, in Warhammer, you have, uh, if you have the Ultramarines, who are uh, the human races that we all know and love, they look like the Starcraft Terran. They got big blue power suits. Uh, they're always painted blue because that's the Ultramarines faction. Uh, Ultramarine is a shade of blue too. I'm pretty sure. Aquamarine, I think, is a shade of Aquamarine? blue. Aquamarine. Aquamarine okay. is a shade of aquamar- Aquamarine. I've never heard really Bob Ross say Ultramarine, <laughs> so I'm gonna say it's not a color. <laughs> I mean, Ultramarine blue is definitely a color produced by Games Workshop, the people who make Warhammer 40k and sell yeah, it. Yeah, but their shellac a... is called Chaos Black. It's just black spray paint. Yeah, I know. <laughs> but that's, that's what I'm saying. Like, if it is a color, I don't think it predated the Warhammer 40k Ultramarines, I think it evolved as, oh, this is the color of Warhammer 40k Ultramarines. Here's Ultramarine. Ultramarine is a deep blue color pigment originally made by grinding lapis lazula into a powder. So it's, holy shit. Yeah, it's it's been around since the 14th and 15th century. Damn, dude. I did not expect that. No original ideas, huh? (laughs) Yeah, all the good ideas have been taken. (laughs) So what Um, you're saying is, Starcraft is a ripoff of blue paint. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, there was an old lady yep. that swallowed a fly, you know. Fucking bastards. <laughs> uh, so, um, 
for the Tyranid, you have the same kind of concept where you have different color schemes represent different hive fleets. Now, when I used to play in fourth edition, you couldn't just paint uh, your your uh, space marines any color you wanted. You had to paint them one of the chapter specific colors. But Tyranid was one of the few races where you could paint them any color scheme and say like, oh, this is just another hive fleet. Like it's it's canonical, but here's another hive fleet that came in. It was one of the reasons why I picked Tyranid in the first place is because one of my friends in high school was like, no, uh, if you get this one, like you have to paint them these colors. I was like, I want to paint them these colors. He's like, well, they're not going to be like tournament legal then. I was like, well, that's dumb. Uh, but Tyranids, you, you can paint whatever color you want. So I had some sick uh, white and purple uh, Tyranid boys. They're the improv troop of the galaxy, basically. Yeah, exactly. Um, we need three suggestions from the audience. Did I see or someone say all the biological material on their planet? Yeah, we'll that. <laughs> they all have baggy pants and just loud shirts. And- yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they want attention so bad. <laughs> he says, putting his voice on the internet. <laughs> For attention. Yeah. Uh, if you want to pay us to do it, uh, reach out to us. Uh, sponsorship at loreboys.com just kidding that's not a real email Uh, (laughs) (laughs) just tweet at us or something you'll figure it out Uh, so each of these hive ships that they use to traverse the void between galaxies is home to countless lesser tyranid organisms growing in the bubbling organ sacs of the vessel's reproductive chambers Uh, that is awful so this is this is where this is where tyranids are born this is how babby make uh, okay. Is you uh, just jump into a bubbling organ sack of a, one of these hive vessels' reproductive chambers? You know, it's a horrible combination. <laughs> bubbling uh, organ sack. Yeah. Yeah. So they basically just like <laughs> Tyranids go down to a planet, grab all the organ, the organic material, and then I assume like bees puke it all back up when they get onto the ship. You know. Okay. Into whatever an ovary, and that ovary. Uh, molds it into more Tyranids. I can only assume. How do they assign like jobs to the organ sacks? Like, do they have sections of like worker, soldier, <laughs> new new spaceship sort of thing, uh, pres- other accountant, other jobs yeah. that uh, an entire civilization might need? This so- pile of spit is for scouting. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I really, th- I, I don't think there's any kind of... Uh, a sense of self in in most of these organisms i think they're more like fingers less like employees you know okay. like it, so it, there's no confusion where it's like don't mix up the blue collar and the white collar slime yeah before we <laughs> develop them exactly all slime's good slime i'll, I'll be the first one to say it you know yeah uh, <laughs> uh so uh these hive ships they move in formations known as tendrils they migrate okay. to inhabited planets and consume all the usable material they may find there, then reproduce en masse. When a hive fleet encounters a prey world, uh, as they're dubbed, it does not invade for territorial gain or out of a sense of pride or vengeance. It, it is doubtful the, hi- the tyrannid hive mind even comprehends such com- concepts. Um, we'll get into the tyrannid hive mind in a little bit. Um, not much of an ego, or maybe infinite ego? Who knows, you know? Yeah. Right. So since how they reproduce is by eating things and then puking them up, the Tyranid require an endless supply of food, not only to maintain and nourish the high fleets, but to grow those new organisms. And so, oh. It's like a rabbit. If it stops yeah. eating, it'll die. 
because it <laughs> relies on eating new things to to yeah, a rabbit doesn't digest it has to continue eating to push the food through its digestion is that true that is i've been wild. told that just the way you phrased it to say an a rabbit needs to eat things or it'll die was very it funny like <laughs> death. I, thought, I thought you were just trolling not giving us cool rabbit facts you know no, yeah. <laughs> uh and I'm going to too, it, it, to, for more information on that. Just yeah, just see ask him to stop feeding his rabbits and see if they die. They stop moving. <laughs> <laughs> um, that is that is wild, though. Yeah, I, one of my exes had a rabbit, and that's what she said anyways, but I don't know. She thought I was the most trustworthy person, so prove me wrong. <laughs> ja- ja- Jamie's there, drunk at 2, 2 p.m. on a Saturday, and she just like gets off her shift. She's just like, you fucking forget to feed the rabbit again? He's like, what's the big deal? What's it going to do? Die if I don't feed it? Come on. <laughs> I just want to see Jamie's head on that meme where it just says, rabbits need food or they will die. Change my mind. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so uh, they require an endless source of food, like rabbits, uh, right. to grow new business. <laughs> so the high fleet invades a planet rich in life. Every action of every tiered creature is honed to a single goal. The total and rapid absorption of that world's organic population, ecosystems, and bioresources. The more lost in the invasion, obviously, the more they need to devour. So there's kind of like a, a sunk cost fallacy there somewhere where it, if you ever have a canonical Tyranids withdrawing, that would be like why. They're like, they've, they've evaluated the remaining bioresources on the planet and determined that they won't overcome like how much they've, they will have to invest kind of thing. They they declare like biological bankruptcy and then withdraw from the planet to, to find something else. <laughs> bio bio bankruptcy. Bio Wait, you're saying they don't do that though, right? Like they never pull back <laughs> at any cost. I, I'm saying like so again. This is a lot like D and D or or a lot of other games where like to canonize your own games or like Magic the Gathering to canonize your own games, you have to kind of uh, like take what you're given. So if you ever have like your Tyranid forces. Uh, and you're like, oh, you know, we lost, but you're doing like, because you can do like a campaign of Warhammer 40k matches or whatever, you know, uh, and you say, we're going to do a best of seven and it's going to be for the pl- for a planet or whatever, you know, and you're just having fun with your friends. Then you could can- canonical make it canonical by saying like, oh, you know, they decide to pull out because uh, they realize that they're uh their resor- they were spending too much resources for how much they would get it wouldn't make okay. it wouldn't make sense like they're not again they're not driven by ego they're not driven by pride or conquest they would the second that they didn't think they were going to get enough bio resources back they're going to pull out like it it just doesn't make sense for them to stay okay. the only thing they want is to gain more biomass and if they're going to lose more biomass then they're going to pull out the second they realize that wow cool. they got a good business mind for just something that de- is all devouring yeah. they are cold and calculating i guess you could say yeah, you got to introduce the Tyranids to Stonks. They'd make a killing. Yeah. Yeah. And or eat everyone. Stonks uh, man is actually a Tyranid biomass. So. Oh, yeah. I mean, he uh, looks like it. <laughs> uh, you gave me such... Because there is... Like, I like D&D, but I've, I've never, like, really wanted to participate in a campaign actively. Like, if somebody invited me, I'd totally hit it up. But, like, 
the process of building and painting minifigures for Warhammer and then also having like a custom campaign with my friends, I just in my mind watched my bank balance drop by like twelve hundred dollars. I saw that money. I, I just had a date I just had like a micro dream right now of twelve hundred dollars leaving my bank account. Like, yeah, but like enjoying so much. <laughs> you'll you'll get yourself a nice starter army for that much. Oh yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Some nice man at Games Workshop will tell you all the nice things you need to buy to get into it. Yes, yeah. he will. <laughs> yeah. No, no, no. You don't want to. You don't want to use any old paint. You definitely need one of our Games Workshop approved paints to paint your you miniature. Need, you need ultramarine <laughs> blue, but not that shit from the 14th century. Yeah. You need ours. <laughs> no, 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 no. Don't bring your own lapis lazuli. Uh, yeah. <laughs> You'll get 65 milliliters for for 25 bucks. Okay, it's more expensive than horseshoe crab blood. Like, <laughs> <laughs> no, thank you. I'd rather collect all my blue flowers, dry them, and crush them myself. Uh, <laughs> uh, it's not going to be Games Workshop legal then. You won't be able to use those figures at any uh, Games Workshop sanctioned events. Just so you, you know. Fucking nerd ref with like a spectrometer who like yeah. checks the paint on your figurines. <laughs> I mean, in in theory, I, I I honestly don't know if they still lean that way because they've gone bankrupt. I think twice since the last time I played and like restructured right. and all this stuff. So, uh, like the pro- Tyranids, Games Workshop is resilient to failure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so to the end of of devouring all life on a planet, the High Fleet creates an army with the express purpose of overcoming the Prey World's defenders before it is stripped of every scrap of biomatter and devoured. So they will custom make an army before invading a planet. They're like, oh... Do they abduct people first to see what the life on the planet is like? Uh, I mean, I don't think they abduct, but they they scout in some way. Uh, they Tyranid do have some pretty powerful psychic ability. Um, oh, we'll okay, get into we'll, okay. we'll, we'll get into it a bit more. I mean, humans also have psychic ability in the Warhammer 40k universe. They, they have units called psychers who are, uh, if you can connect to the warp uh, in some way, you're able to like manipulate uh, it and, and use it basically as magic. Um, they also might just send like scouts. They might abduct people. Um, yeah, the way that you said it with binoculars, who knows? Yeah, exactly. Anyway, like they they have their tendrils and they they can feel out how it's going to be. The tendrils are the the forces though, rather than the mind, I guess. And yeah. then whatever's in the goop in the organ sacs will just form based on what they sense, which is it it yeah, it, it sounds like it wouldn't even be they wouldn't even know what's going to be made until they feel what's ahead of them. Exactly, it's a pretty big much. Chamber of slimy Kinder surprises that just like. <laughs> Wow! Oh, I got a fucking puzzle. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, which is good because it's uh, it turns out it's actually just like an entire planet of elderly people. So if we, if we invade with puzzles, uh, we can get into conflict. <laughs> Kinder surprises aren't available in the states. I think there's somewhere they're not available. So th- this is a small chocolate egg with a, a toy on the inside. For those yeah. who don't know, uh, yeah, that is something that I've heard. That they're banned in the United States. Decided they were too dangerous to keep in American society. (laughs) 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 If Americans stop eating, uh, then they die. Well, I don't know. (laughs) Uh, What is America? If I could ask you a question, what's your Second Amendment for, if not to protect yourself from a Kinder Surprise toy? Yeah, exactly. It, it stops the king of England from taking your kinder, kinder surprise as far as I know. <laughs> so uh, who remembers how faster than light travel in the Warhammer 40k universe works or Warhammer uh, 40k galaxy works? 
don't you jump into the warp, which is an evil dimension of liquid magic on the other side of space, and then you pop out uh, at your destination, in and yeah. around at least? Exactly. Uh, yes, Emery. Most of the races uh, of the Milky Way use this thing called the warp or the immaterium, uh, a hellish realm where twisted gods of torture and violence come from. The Tyranid, however, don't have access to the warp, as far as we know. They don't, uh, they don't use it to travel faster than light. Uh, it does. It doesn't exist between galaxies, so that's one of the big reasons why nobody oh. could make it outside the galaxy. Is because it need the warp needs life to sustain itself, and there's no life between the galaxies. Now, this I don't know if this is just me spitballing here, but could it be because they require biomass to function, and like demons aren't technically digestible, they wouldn't be able to use the warp anyway? Uh, I'm gonna say no because. Okay. They, you can fight forces of chaos, and like they would, the Tyranid would fight the forces of chaos, like Chaos Space Marines, who would have like demons and stuff at their, like in, as part of okay. their armies and everything. And okay. usually, those are kind of like twisted biomasses themselves. They're like horribly warped humans and the like. Yeah. Huh. So what you got to do is you got to get yourself some Tyranids, and you got to get them to tendril their way out of the Milky Way because they can make it this far, so they can make it that far backwards, right? For sure. And then you can ride their biomass goop in the warp to get out of it. Oh, so that, right, yeah. That, okay, that's a five. You're... That's a five head move. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, that might work. Um, I can't think of any reason why it wouldn't. Um, but maybe it's just like the Tyranid don't respond to the warp, so the warp doesn't respond to them. I don't know. Uh, yeah. we're, we're gonna say, Lord Boys Cannon, if you could organize, if you could unionize the Tyranid, then you could get the hell out of here, the Milky Way galaxy. You know what I mean? You just gotta, you gotta get them uh, ever present enough that the warp persists wherever they are. They don't seem very open to negotiation. It might be, it might be hard to organize them. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe if they had their own self interest, if there's something for them on the that's other it. End, you you, you give them out. what they want, you know, and then you get a little back. You'd be like, you can devour. You lie and that's say true. there's biomass there. Yeah. No, but look over there. They're the only ones who've ever been there. Like, yeah. no, but there's biomass <laughs> over there. Mm, I don't think so. <laughs> uh, so in order to navigate these unbelievably vast distances of empty space, they've had to get creative. Their capability comes from a small bioship classified by the Imperium of Man as a narwhal. But I think they look more like a squid than a narwhal. Oh, um, okay. I see. Unlike most Tyranid bioships, the Narval is almost completely defenseless and possesses almost no bioweaponry and only a very thin protective carapace. A cluster of monofilament spines on the Narval's, Narval's bow allow it to take in a wide variety of sensory input, including a broad spectrum of ga- gravimetric and electromagnetic signals. Using these sensors, the Narval can detect new planetary systems at extreme interstellar distances. In some unknown manner, it then makes use of the origin star system's own gravity and creates a compressed time-space transit corridor <laughs> through which the Narval and other Tyranid bioships can traverse interstellar distances. So I was I, in my head trying to repeat that to myself, <laughs> and that, does, that is a chunk of words that are really hard to it's, say together. It's yeah. I got mu- tongue-tied with my mouth closed. <laughs> it's very much uh, sci-fi, like, word soup, where it's yeah, just, exactly. here's, here's yeah. a bunch of sci-fi words, you know, they use the planet's own uh, gravimetric field, to uh, compress a space-time transit corridor through which the Tyranid can travel. <laughs> we gotta travel to the Horizon Zero Dawn with the gravimetric cords on the front of the narwhal. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. 
The narwhal bacons at midnight, or whatever the Reddit people used to say. <laughs> what? <laughs> that, 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 was that was on Reddit a, a while ago. A long back. time ago. It was a te- a, an 11 year old meme Jamie's throwing out. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's the first time I've think about narwhals in 11 years, I think. <laughs> <laughs> but they got a big horn. I just looked them up. They, they got a big old horn in the front. I guess that's kind of like a. Comes tooth. out of their mouth. Yeah, it's a tooth. Yeah. It's a tusk. Oh, it's one big tooth? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, when I was man. in Kujuwak, I ate either beluga or narwhal. I don't recall. I'll Maybe find both. out from my dad at some point. No, because I, think... I only ate one piece. It was gross. Do Traditionally, manage... you have to eat it with one tooth. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you have to like get nip it from the side there. <laughs> uh, do do manatees or narwhal or do belugas even live up north? I thought they only lived yep. down south. Oh. Yeah. Are are yeah. are manatees and belugas the same thing? No, belugas its own thing. Eh? Belugas a whale. The Manatee's like a, a seal or something. It's a sea okay. cow. It the sea, sea cow. cow, yeah, exactly. No, like beluga's okay. like a, a like I was legit thinking, whale. Yeah, I, don't I, was, know. I was thinking of manatees. Not uh, better question, Jamie. Do belugas need food to live? Uh, yes, but they can stop eating. Okay. They don't have to always eat. <laughs> oh, good, good, good. Yeah, uh, they can take breaks. Yeah. So the the t- the the dummy dummy down layman's term of this is they have a thing that lets them like latch onto distant stars and then somehow jump to jump to those stars those star systems they're like so hyper evolved they can grapple with gravity basically and then get there real fast sort of yeah they see gravity in a different way i guess these specific tyranids that let them like just jump right to it faster i don't know cool damn so uh using these good enough (laughs) it's forty thousand years in the future what am i gonna do argue (laughs) uh so they can't the narwhals can't uh, warp too close because uh, apparently once they get too close to a star, like there's too much gravity all around them and it just fucks them up. Oh, well that's the same thing with the uh, KF drive from Battletech. That, okay. Which is kind of a neat parallel there as well. That's why you have the, the jump ships in Battletech. You can't just like warp wherever you want. Exactly. It's just to explain why like all of a sudden uh, like a Tyranid hive fleet doesn't appear in orbit above the planet, you know, like right. just yeah. in a split second. Um, so, uh, they have to, they have to warp some distance away from the, uh, star system. Uh, it could be a few years, like a few earth years to a few decades of planet solar system away, uh, before they complete their approach. Uh, they can also, uh, as they approach, they also, uh, cause, uh, the destination worlds to suffer, uh, from earthquakes, solar flares, tidal waves. They like... Whatever it is about them manipulating gravity, it just sets, like, all the cats uh, run under the couch and all the dogs start barking, you know? Uh, okay. Every, everyone starts to go mad. There's there's earthquakes, solar flares, floods, tsunamis, all sorts of stuff. Uh, it's and, their version of what we're going through right now, but it's just, like, dogs have been barking since January. So. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, on, on, on approach, a bunch of people get real sick of fascism and racism and decide to actually say something about it for, uh, once in a while. But then they get digested by bugs. So I I don't want that to happen for real. (laughs) A nice thing that actually happened with uh, our pandemic and everything uh, is a lot of the shelters with dogs don't have any dogs anymore because people had so much time at home. uh, They all got adopted, which is a really nice thing that happened. Oh, yeah. People bought so many fucking fish. I hope COVID never ends. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Wait. Uh, yeah, so it, it's kind of, I, it seems to be the way it's written that it's an unintended consequence of the way that they warp 
but it is uh, pretty convenient when you think about it. Like if you were going to invade a country and you could make like a bunch of solar flares and crazy powerful storms and earthquakes and tidal waves uh, hit them, that'd be like Can a good thing. Can they consume the dead? Sorry? Can they consume the dead? Absolutely. I think that's the majority okay. of people that they consume because they have a lot of like bone scythes that they okay, use to like okay, chop yeah. people in half, you know? Just because I was saying like you create a bunch of hurricanes and earthquakes and people get killed. Well, people, like whatever the fuck is inhabiting the planet, like they would die. They're, and then, so they're not they, carnivores, they're uh, omnivores because they eat all plant life too. They eat okay. all, all plant okay. life, all fungus, uh, it's said, all uh, down to the smallest bacteria. Okay. Uh, so I guess they have like bigger bacteria that eats it and then they just suck that up in a straw, you know? Yeah. No rocks, no metal. That's basically it. Yeah. Anything that consumes and puts out energy. They'll just yeah, eat it. Basically. Exactly. They, Would yeah, they, they attack a golem? Oh, what uh, what kind of golem are we talking here? Like a yeah. clay golem? Like a like of Jewish of Jewish lore? Well, I well, I wasn't exactly thinking about that. Tune in next week like... for the lore of the Torah with Peter. <laughs> <laughs> but I guess, but like, are there? I guess so. They wouldn't eat robots, and they wouldn't eat. No. So like something no, like a the... rolling golem gathers no rest. Yeah. So something <laughs> something like the Tau. That's a that's from League of Legends. Um, oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, something like the Tau, who are a very advanced alien race, like probably the most like technologically advanced, at least it seems, uh, alien race. Um, the guys with the Gundams. Yeah, exactly. So they have like a bunch of like pure robotic units. In theory, the Tyranid wouldn't devour those. They would just destroy them to get to the gooey Tau bits inside. You know, how many licks okay. does it take to get to the center of a, a Tau sniper? Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the turn gonna... de- deploy that cartoon owl from the commercial. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> He's just all made of bone. <laughs> How many licks, though? 52. Okay, good Not to know. If you roll a 10 or higher. It's, it's 50, <laughs> 52 if you have a tongue coated in small bioorganisms that take a bite every time you take a lick. You know? We kind of do. Cheating. <laughs> we got to do. Those little On the small stuff. scale. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so we're starting to get a picture of how the Tyranids do all the things that they do, but we haven't really talked about the why they do the things that they do besides to, 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 to reproduce, I guess, you know, Does yeah, that I thought say? that's all it took. Yeah. yeah do they need I a why? Would, they, uh, they're horny. So and this is how they breed. <laughs> yeah. This is how they breed. This is fucking for them. Uh, <laughs> so the Tyranids are controlled by, uh, as we've said, a hive mind. Uh, a gestalt collective consciousness of the Tyranid species. Seemingly omniscient, it is composed of pure psychic energy and controls every Tyranid creature with unwavering resolve. And it communicates largely through what are referred to as synapse creatures, large powerful Tyranid organisms that double as 5G towers for lesser Tyranid. (laughs) So uh, when someone claims that 5G causes Tyranids, uh, destroys one of these synapse towers... Uh, the lesser bioforms d- devolve into um, more animalistic, like impulse-driven uh, responses. Uh, they still seek to like destroy and kill, but they won't function as like a cohesive unit. This okay. is this is mirrored on when you play on the tabletop the tabletop game. If you lose some of your big creatures, there's a chance that some of your units just go rogue and they'll like move in a random direction and attack random enemies. Uh, so oh, lose, cool! Lose all semblance of strategy. Oh. So I was hoping you build... they would canonize that. That's really cool that it works that way. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Sorry. What were you saying, Peter? 
I was going to comment exactly on, like, I was going to ask about, like, building a Tyranid toy army, and, like, if, at, like, a set comes with, like, a figurine that, if it, if you lose it, these units in, in specifically go nuts. Yeah, so, um, one of the, one of the new ones since I, since I played is, uh, Tyranid, uh, Warrior, I think it's called, but I had, um, a Hive Tyrant, which was one that would basically control my whole army, which is, like, a huge, um, very point, point expensive unit so you basically you have a certain number of points that you can use to build your army and that's how you balance it so you you do a 2000 point tyranid army versus a 2000 point space marine army uh yeah but whereas like a tyranid uh termagant or hormagant which are like the smallest little guys that you can get and they they're like zerglings and they just run in <laughs> termagant hormagant termagant termagant uh the goosebumps girl but she's a yeah, tyranid yeah. <laughs> Hormagurps, two thousand perps, Speaking of ancient memes, oh where, my god! Whereas you have those guys, those guys might be worth I don't know, let's say 10, 10 points each. Uh, a hive tyrant would be worth like two hundred points, you know, just on its own. Okay, yeah. So it's it's worth at least twenty of the little guys, just points wise. Uh, I also had a carnifex, which uh, did not serve as one, but it was like a three hundred point unit. But it couldn't function as a synapse tower. It was just like a, a walking machine of destruction. Uh, if I could ever get my Carnifex into um, my enemy's Imperial Guards, because the guy I played against the most, he played Imperial Guard. If I could ever get the Carnifex into his lines, I would just win. But it, 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 the, whole, the whole game was just trying to get his units engaged long enough to get my Carnifex like, into range, basically. <laughs> wow. Uh, so... Conversely, while those 5G towers still stand, the larger, more, more autonomous creatures, like I said, are able to telepathically exert the hive mind's influence in order to control smaller Tyranid bioforms. Not only do the Tyranids seem to wield massive psychic control over their own kind, they are extremely capable at disrupting the efforts of human psychers or any other race's access to the warp. So they don't use the warp to travel, but they do seem to have some sort of connection to it because that's okay, where all psychic powers come from, and that seems to be what they use to communicate with their own kind in some way. Neat. So there's, okay. there's an effect, an ability, if you will, a skill tree unlock for the Tyranid called the Shadow in the Warp. It's a psychic phenomenon exerted by the hive mind that blocks nearby connections to the warp. So something like my hive tyrant, which would uh, serve to control my own guys, if he was close enough to, uh, like if I was playing against Ross and he had a psyker on his squad if my hive my if my hive tyrant was close enough it would disrupt and make him unable to use his uh his psychers psychic abilities okay uh, he's like a mobile driving through a tunnel sort yeah, of thing he's a, yeah he's a mobile tunnel yeah cool oh i remember russ had a table for painting them and everything like he had a specialized corner yeah, yeah. For, for for all of his warhammer yeah. stuff he had a, he had a he had a pretty good setup he was a, an only child as it were uh, yeah he used to make me he would play in halo and his name was scope and he would make me pl call him scope in real life while we were playing halo <laughs> <laughs> uh, we were all uh, dumb kids back then though yeah we're, we're real oh uh, yeah 2001 <laughs> um so yeah that they it's it's unknown how their their connection to the warp works because they don't use it to travel um but it does seem like the hive mind itself lives in the warp. It seems to come from the warp in some way. Oh, that uh, was a question I had. Is this this massive psychic energy isn't a physical thing? Like it's not on like some big ass 
Tyranid ship somewhere else. At least not that anyone's ever seen. But like okay. I said, it's definitely extra galactic. So it's from outside the galaxy. Yeah. But it also seems to, it, it's only ever seen or noticed inside the warp. Nobody's ever seen any physical evidence of the hive mind. But the warp doesn't exist in the space between galaxies. So either the warp kind of like exists in every galaxy in its own way and is somehow connected so that this foreign body could come and adapt to this new one so easily. Yeah. Or there is, like you say, a physical thing somewhere that is somehow adapted to use the warp in the galaxy yeah. they're in right now. But that's that that serves the question, how did the Tyranids get by before coming to this galaxy? Because they came with multiple hive fleets. So how did all these hive fleets thrive and flourish and become their own things if they didn't have this psychic ability to connect with the lesser bioforms? Right. Yeah, well, I mean, there still would be planets with life in other galaxies regardless. And if the warp is connected to galaxies as though it is like dark energy or whatever that holds shit together or whatever the fucking theory is right now, where galaxies would be connected through some sort of warp web sort of thing. Yeah. If they had an in inter war, if they had a thing inside the warp that could guide them, that would make sense. Yeah. Because if it was from some other galaxy, it would probably have a hell of a lot of trouble constantly pinging through extra galactic yeah. 5g monsters yeah as, as far to as be able to communicate with something else as far as the imperium knows there is no extra galactic communication to outside of the galaxy so if okay. if it's possible it's not anything the foremost minds uh of the study of the warp have ever seen or understood and that's for the eldar yeah. the necron for the space vampires for anybody they've never seen other than the tyranids things that can get outside it was a Catan, right the vampires <laughs> as yeah. someone who's never uh, really delved deep into the universe the way that it's explained it sounds like uh like the humans would, would perceive things in three dimensions plus the warp would be almost like another dimension and um that since they're able to travel so far that they've kind of maybe operate on a different dimension and it's a only appear on the warp which would be like a, the fourth or fifth or whatever dimension you want to call it so it's just yeah. that maybe it's not you can't perceive it in 3d space yeah that's it maybe yeah. maybe the tiered operate on like a fifth dimensional level and so they yeah. can step down to the fourth but whatever that fifth dimension is like nobody in the milky way galaxy at uh in the 41st uh millennium or the 42nd millennium uh, is aware of or is able to perceive okay. or comprehend with like the foremost minds and technologies available to us. Nobody's able to see it, but uh, the Tyranids seem to be able to use it somehow. That's cool. Okay. Of course, we did a not, poll. They're not great conversationalists, so we can't just nope. ask them. <laughs> uh, a Tyranid swarm's very presence is said to drive most psychers mad. So uh, just being near a Tyranid swarm uh, is is a lot of tension for uh, a psychic person. If it doesn't have like, like a canary in a coal mine for an invasion sort of thing, their psychers start going crazy or do they go crazy when they're close enough that everybody else knows? So everybody kind of goes crazy, but the psychers oh. feel it way more. So okay. there's, a, there's only a single known human to have gazed long enough into the immaterium in the presence of the Tyranid to have observed uh what he calls the hive mind itself or what he saw as the hive mind itself. And that's chief librarian Tigurius of the ultramarines. Um, his power is considered less than the emperor of mankind. So in theory, if he could do it, the emperor of mankind could, but like there's one person that has like lived to tell the tale of seeing, of like peering into the void 
right in the face of a synapse creature and okay and made it out with his sanity intact kind of thing so the invasive psychic shroud sows terror and confusion on prey worlds as it traps and prevents the doomed inhabitants for calling for assistance so not only not only is the void uh, the warp used for uh interplanetary travel and interstellar travel and all these things it's also used for interstellar communication uh it's how you explain like if it takes a radio signal you know 40 40 light years to reach the next star how do you ever have any kind of cohesive empire and it's because oh the warp lets you do it or whatever but the tyranids show up uh they block all that communication and all warp travel out so like once the tyranids are there you can't leave and you can't call for help kind of thing you gotta fight them or die basically yeah essentially uh, so it penetrates into the minds of nearby creatures and manifests as a primal malaise that can never be expelled. If a creature possesses psychic potential, then the horror they feel is magnified tenfold. Any use of their psychic abilities could unleash a form of incurable psychosis. As a high fleet approaches a target planet, whole populations plunge, in, plunge into madness and despair even before, the, even before the first Tyranids have made planetfall. Okay. Black Friday. Yeah, exactly. It's Black Friday every time the Tyranids show up. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> How lonely, though, right? Like, you just get cut off from the rest of everyone and then slowly go crazy? That's sounds awful. Yep. Sounds like uh, Jamie right now with his long hair and yeah. beard. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, it's quarantine for us right now, right? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, uh, you know, on, on the one hand, you get devoured by uh, a cold, calculating race of monsters that wants to assume your uh, biological material uh, to create more monsters. And on the other hand, I can't go to the bar. You know, so who's really that bugs me way more. Who's, who's really got it worse here? You know, like I don't, oh, I don't right. know. <laughs> if I still have a job, if I still had a job, I'd have purpose. And yeah. if the Tyranids would digest me and turn me into, I don't know, if a cell phone made of meat, at least I would have something to do. <laughs> <laughs> I don't fucking know. Instead of a screen and like you got like eyes and then teeth for buttons. Yeah. Little numbers in the team. Oh, yeah. It's like you get a text, and rather than like words appearing on a screen, it's like the words just bump up in the flesh like goosebumps. You know? like, oh. <laughs> a little finger instead of an antenna on the top. Like, <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah. It's, I get... Like our cell phones have antennas anymore. But... Yeah. Be, yeah, of it... course. The last time anybody saw a phone with a fucking antenna yeah. on it. <laughs> I mean, it's very, uh, it's very tuned. You know, they're they're very retro in a lot of ways. So. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, but it's it's true. not a it's not a it's not a finger. It's just like a fleshy appendage that fills with with blood, right? So it's more like a boner. Right? Oh, okay. Just, yeah. Your phone right, gets an erection, sense. and that's when you get good signal. <laughs> <laughs> you got to play with the butthole to get good signal. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> Wait, hang on a sec. I can't hear you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm not going through a tunnel. Wait a second. Hive tyrant, get out of here. <laughs> I don't want any cookies, goddammit. I'm trying to make a phone call. <laughs> uh, I assume they make cookies out of biological material as well. Everything they eat, they probably just pick back up, right? So food would be like such oh, a treat because yeah. you could eat it without guilt, you know? <laughs> so despite the seeming power of the hive mind, it is not infallible. The Majos biologists of the Imperium of Man categorizes each hive fleet as a separate force. Each is self-sufficient and employs different strategies and unique creatures. Uh, and it's possible two hive fleets might arrive at the same planet and go to war with one another over the limited biological resources. Will they digest each other? Yep. So that's, oh, okay, how, that's how you can make canonical Tyranid versus Tyranid battles when you play with your friends, is you have your two different hive fleets that are going to war with each other. Okay. Uh, so... 
It seems likely that the Milky Way wouldn't be the first to know the predations of the Tyranid, but we know they came from somewhere else, but we don't know if, like, did they become this in transit, you know? Did uh, did being in the, uh, the void between galaxies so long warp the hive mind into something wow. that was, like, unknowing and just all-consuming? Uh, some, some scholars theorize that they may have come here on the lamb running from some cosmic disaster or even a more fearsome alien threat. So, uh, some scholars are like, they're here because, uh, something kicked them out of their galaxy and they're doing everything they can to just prepare for whenever that threat arrives. It would be kind of tragic if we saw, well, I mean, we call them villainous, but like it's hard to qualify something that doesn't seem to really think that much as evil if all they really do is recycle and digest, right? If they had fled their previous home as, like, an intelligent race with individuals and over time between galaxies devolved into, like, a recycling hive, that's (laughs) kind of, like, a sad tragedy because, like, as humans, we value individuality a lot, (laughs) and that's why hive minds are so scary. So scary. But, like... Imagine if that was like the last resort to keep like one. The only way to keep one last heart beating was to like have one mind left over between. Yeah, that's the plot of a lot of things where you're on like a spaceship and you're going on a a journey and there's 200 people, but only enough rations for 100. So they have to decide, do we all live or like, do we all die or do only 100 of us live kind of thing? Yeah, that's kind of the story of any real world dictatorship, right? Like, no, no, we only need one mind. It's mine. I'll make decisions for everyone. Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, where was I? Oh, so yeah. They, so some scholars suspect that the Tyranid have risked no- the nothingness between galaxies rather than facing extinction. Uh, the first officially recorded contact with the Tyranids for the Imperium occurred on a, during a Tyranid attack on an ocean world called Tyran in the year... 745 M41. So 41,745. Okay. Was the first known contact with the Tyranid. They're named Tyranid because the first planet that they were contacted was Tyran. Imagine being that fisherman when the guys, (laughs) they started landing on your planet. Like you're not ready for that. You're just out there on your boat and you you suddenly start to get really paranoid about the fish that you're trying to catch. (laughs) (laughs) I was more thinking he'd be really laid back because he's like old. He's just like, well, Jacoby, I think it's time to pack it in. And just like rolling back to shore, just like as the as the hive thing comes down through the sky. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the old man and the unstoppable killing machine. Uh, yes, yes. Ex- yeah. <laughs> Great Hemingway uh, short story or novella. So, if any of the older intelligent species, such as the Eldar, were aware of the Tyranids, uh, they didn't elect to warn mankind. So, the first recorded history that we have of them is. Uh, on this attack on on Tyran, uh, and they didn't even update us after we had given it our, our own name and date. Well, that well, there's no so they've never claimed the Eldar have never claimed that they did in fact know of the Tyranid before. This. Oh, okay, okay, okay. So maybe well, they they're did. from outside the galaxy, so maybe they didn't. Yeah, exactly. Maybe this was honest to god the first place that they ever stopped. Okay, yeah. So High Fleet Behemoth had left plenty of evidence of its approach to the fringes of the Milky Way galaxy. Over the course of the solar decade that preceded the first contact at Tyran, Imperial Explorators had performed a census of the star systems surrounding the far-flung Adeptus Mechanicus outpost located at Tyran Primus. These Explorators had discovered something curious, for entire worlds known to have once been verdant planets teeming with all manner of alien animals and plants had been stripped bare, reduced to barren rocks floating in the vacuum. 
So for a full decade, and this is uh, this is like so too real for me, uh, where like entire planets are just like disappearing mysteriously, almost like entire species disappearing mysteriously uh, <laughs> for like yeah. decades, uh, and and the government's just like it's a little unusual, but probably not that noteworthy, right? Let's <laughs> just we better <laughs> steady on, steady the course. Hasn't cut into the bottom line just yet, so let's exactly, keep going. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> do they digest one. money? No. Uh, <laughs> We're fine. Do they do they do they digest credits? Like <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> not one speck yeah. of life, not even the simplest of bacteria remained to be found. Though this anomaly was reported to the Explorator General of the Adeptus Administratum, no follow-up was ordered. The galaxy is a place larger than a single human mind can comprehend, and untold and unsolved mysteries abound. As always, the Administratum was as slow as only a galaxy-spanning bureaucracy can be. So that is totally a fair explanation though because yeah. <laughs> we have we have multiple earth bureaucracies that can't get shit done exactly imagine if they had take had to take care of just two countries let alone one right or outer space and then the excuse is just like i don't know man space is big and weird i can't yeah. fucking i don't know why there's no bacteria on that rock out there dude nerd go back to uh, mars and make me some more killer robots i mean sort of shit it's literally, I mean, the most obvious parallel is global warming, where we have this like, yeah, of course. real life thing wiping out like entire, you know, species, entire like plants, like devastating, devastating the climate. And people are just like, well, we don't know what it could be. So why bother changing anything? You're like, <laughs> Australia's okay. on fire. And everybody's just like, that's odd. Yeah, yeah, that's that's odd. But we probably shouldn't do anything about it just yet. You know, want to wait for all the all the information to be in. When was uh, this written? What? When was this written? When was this written? I'm not sure. Yeah, I mean, it's because it, it's like it's always like the Simpsons predicted it sort of shit, but it's like, <laughs> oh, Warhammer predicted it. it was <laughs> what I was trying was trying to go for, unless they wrote this in like 2020, where it's just like the newest expansion, global warming, but it's bugs. <laughs> I mean, it could be. Uh, so that the Mechanicus outpost on Tyran had any warning at all of the impending attack was only due to good fortune. A survey starship returning from a survey of yet another dead world encountered a cloud of unidentified objects as it entered the edge of the Tyran system. Though crippled by what seemed to be mines made of organic tissue on the very edge of this cloud, the Explorator vessel managed to limp back to the Imperial base in orbit on Tyran Primus and carry its dire warning. Several days later, the first full invasion of an Imperial world by a Tyranid hive fleet began. Okay. The main outposts of Tyran Primus would not fall easily to these extra-galactic predators. Located deep within the ruins of an ancient chain of volcanic islands, the Imperial base was heavily fortified to resist the fearsome storms and massive sea creatures of the ocean world's savage seas. So they were on, like, uh, the planet with krakens, you know? So they, they already had, like, lots of tools to deal with krakens, so just, like, adapt those to... Just make them point up, you know? They were pointed down at the yeah. water. Just make them point oh, yeah. up. But even with all the bureaucrats, even that took three days. Like, point the harpoons <laughs> at the sky! <laughs> uh, also, uh, given Tyran's position on the very edge of Imperial space, in a very dangerous and unexplored frontier region of the galaxy, Tyran had been wisely provided with armament deemed adequate to deter the attacks of raiders or aggressive Xenos. Uh, Xenos is what you call any anything that's not like the uh, Western uh, races in Warhammer. So like the Orcs are Xenos, um, the Tyranid Eldar. are Xenos. The Eldar are, I don't think Xenos. They're they're really? yeah they're considered they're considered uh, uh, white enough as it were. Okay, I see. <laughs> they're allowed in the club. Yeah, exactly. They're they they got entry to the country club. It was like it can was they, on the fence. Can for they a while. golf? They, they yeah. can golf. Is is what is the important <laughs> question? 
Uh, so uh, Tyrion had four giant planetary defense lasers, lasers to, to protect it, each protected in turn by hardened ceramite silos and void shield generators, you know, more sci-fi mumbo-jumbo. The amount of firepower was further supported by 36 autocannon and laser cannon interceptor emplacements, an overlapping network of defense bastions, and a Proteus class and Proteus class bunkers. So all very fancy sounding, sci-fi, very strong outpost stuff. Uh, Good. Surely they'll be able to repel the tide. The Imperial Garrison deployed on Tyran Primus was also formidable. In addition to the cybernetic Skitari bodyguard of the outpost Adeptus Mechanicus commander, Magos Varnak. Tyran boasted three full wings of the Imperial Navy's Thunderbolt fighter, fighters, three Endeavor-class light cruisers, and an entire infantry regiment of Astra milita- Militarium. This right. was a standard garrison for a valued Imperial Frontier outpost and has been proven to be effective against most of the adversaries faced by isolated Imperial troops on the Galactic Rim. Yet against the Great Devourer, the garrison would prove to be little more than a brief obstacle to its endless hunger. Okay, holy shit. I have another quote for you guys here. We cannot live through this. Mankind cannot live through this. In a single day, they have covered this planet with a flood of living blades and needle-fanged mouths. Kill one and ten take its place. If they are truly without number, then our race is doomed to a violent death before every shred of our civilization is scoured away by a force more voracious than the fires of hell themselves. Death. By the machine god, death is here. That's the last words of Magos Varnak the leader of the Imperial forces on Tyran. Jesus. Wow. The, the Mechanicus are my favorite faction that I know of as far as the design of their figurines go. You, you uh, a fan of Battletech, are a fan of the Adeptus Mechanus? <laughs> I am. I, I'm, I, I like the guys who, the, the, the Martian nerds who make guns for people. <laughs> uh, and that's, uh, that's the Tyranids. That's our, our nice little foray into uh, who the Tyranids are, where, where they come from, where do they go, where do they come from, Cotton Eye Tyranid. Huh? Yeah. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they, so they sound terrifying yeah yeah there's 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 spooky spooky monsters i guess you could say i wouldn't say but i guess you could say that peter uh what would you say i'd say they're probably just misunderstood uh <laughs> don't <laughs> both sides be ethan <laughs> <laughs> welcome to the boys both sides podcast both side boys uh both side boys here and jamie the moderator <laughs> Uh, thanks everyone for listening. Uh, if this is your first time listening, uh, you mean the world to us. I'd give you a big smooch on the lips if I could. If this is not your first time listening to us, uh, you still mean the world to us, and I'd still give you a big smooch on the lips if I could. Really, uh, kiss on the cheek at this point. You can find me at Ethan the Deadman on Twitter. Uh, you can find my co-hosts at, at Spooner Goon. <laughs> He's lying. I'm just gonna cut him off anyway. <laughs> go ahead, go ahead. Spooner Goon. Oh, uh, that's my Diablo two. That's his Diablo. <laughs> At Pete O'Donohue on Twitter, at Loreboys Podcast on Instagram, theloreboys.com. And uh, yeah, that's all the plugs I've got the energy for at the moment. Jamie, rest of the plugs. Yeah, if you want to play Diablo 2 Hardcore on US East, I'm Spooner Goon. Uh, I'll play with you level 51 or so. I'll, I'll rush you. I'll get you up to, to speed and we'll play some sweet games. Uh, if you want, though, just really get into our Discord. That's where we hang out the most. Sometimes we'll stream some games, just hang out with uh, all the people who are like-minded folks like us who just like video game lore. So uh, get into that Discord, and we'll see you there. Yeah, uh, you can find links to our Discord in the description somewhere, uh, or you can find it at loreboys.com. You can find all our contacts and all our links at loreboys.com. Uh, so please, uh, if you feel inclined, check it out. Uh, and if you want to support the show, uh, we do have a Patreon, patreon.com slash the Um We 
don't ask for any money because we really enjoy doing this. But if you guys have a couple extra bucks to kick around, it does really validate us doing this and, and let us know that we're, we're going the right way. Uh, if you want to just give us some suggestions, ways to improve the show, things you want to hear, uh, we'd love to hear about it on the Discord, as Jamie said. If anybody doesn't trust Patreon, as I personally don't, I support all my uh, favorite creators by sending them uh, letters that I've written by cutting out different letters of magazines and pasting them to a piece of paper. Yep, uh, especially after we've gotten some of their family members' hair to package yeah. with it. To know, yeah. we know. Uh, we we have a we have a system in place for people like you, people like me. Uh, and Pete's segue kind of tied in nicely there. We are collecting your oh, hair this week on Lore Boys Prime. Uh, so I want to have a baby, and uh, I need uh, biological material. I need your or your biomass, as it were. I'm not. I'm a pacifist. I'm a I'm a vegetarian. I don't want to kill anyone, but I'm desperate for a child. And so I I implore you, please send me your toe clippings, send me your your hair, any skin shavings. You got old scabs. I'll take those. Yeah, uh, I don't really want any of that for a baby, but my meat cell phone is kind of missing a few parts. So yeah. keep sending those over. Yeah. Hey, I need a new SIM meat card for my. Like, I, I changed my phone number. His his <laughs> erection antenna fell off, and he yeah, one. exactly. I've got ED for my cell phone. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And, yeah. And, and now they changed the size of the Viagra pill you put in a phone. So I just I, and I don't have the money to like you need shave the it micro down. Viagra, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, you can send us those and we'll, we'll give you access to Lord Vice Prime and we'll know that you guys support the show and we'll give you exclusive access to, uh, half my child, uh, as King Solomon would say, you'd be entitled to half of it at the very least. So wow. I think that would constitute a lore boys, lore boys, lore boys. out, out. We're going to digest your family. <laughs> Let's be so funny we make Jamie come. Uh, <laughs> Jesus. What? Nice. Did you, All right. What, did you think I was going to say something else? Or we use <laughs> a doctor ever, or something? I didn't. Have you ever seen that um, that infographic on how to safely choke during sex? Nope. Mm. Okay, there's one where it's like, don't press your thumb in because you can cave in like the, the larynx the air packet. So you have to use like your hand like this, right? So it, there was that, but it didn't say in the context of sex. And then a tweet replied to it saying... I just went to a wrestling competition and made a dude come. Please label this better. <laughs> <laughs> the best way to joke. <laughs> uh, pretty good. Uh, you guys ready? Yep. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. 